Hello, welcome to the Coffee House Football Cast. Um, Paul and I had a different podcast we were going to run this week, but as anyone who follows football internationally knows, things have happened in the last 24 hours, so we wanted to um, we wanted to kind of talk about that instead. So what we were going to run, we'll probably end up running uh, next week or maybe the the week before, or I'm sorry, uh, an extra podcast at the end of the week. But uh, we're going to talk about the uh, the Super League and what that might mean and uh, and why I'm, we're pretty united. Think that that is a terrible idea that is going against the actual spirit of, like, the real heart of soccer. Um, so I'm going to let Paul kind of go for a minute because I know he wants to, and then I'll step in. Um, well, I will start with saying that this um, this is a very interesting idea. I mean, I don't I don't think it's a I, I don't know if it's good or bad. Um, there's been uh, talk of change for a really long time in uh, European soccer and and the way that the Champions League is built and and the Europa League and all these things in order for teams to make more money. Um, and the problem is uh, one of the bigger problems that's occurred over the past uh, I would say twenty years now is that there are a lot of uh, billionaires who've come in and decided that they want a piece of the pie and that is why we see numbers of players go up um, you know the price of players go up the price of uh, tickets go up the price of everything sort of go up over time um, and I think we're at a uh, this is a turning point not only just for these big clubs who have decided to walk away from this 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 what so-called super league. Um, I want to say this very quickly. We didn't really get too much into detail yet. So yesterday there was an announcement um, that uh, twelve teams, um, England's big six, which is um, Liverpool, Manchester United, Manchester City, Chelsea, Arsenal, and Tottenham, um, Real Madrid. Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, and Inter Milan, AC Milan, and Juventus have all decided to um, break away and form their own Super League that could start as early as this August. Um, the plan probably will be for the following year, but um, just their letter of intent says enough that they are ready to walk away at all costs. Um, and I would say that this has been a problem that's been brewing for more than just this moment. I mean, uh, 10 years ago, Arsene Wenger said that this was probably going to happen. I mean, it goes all the way back to some, I think I saw 1988, there was talk of a European Super League of some sort. That was the year I was born. Yeah. But uh, th I think the problem has that has um, occurred here is that um, instead of it being about, um, you know, fans going to games and cheering teams on and having it be an outlet for their... Um, their week it's now become business and s soccer football was, was never about business to begin with it was about um, it was about you know competing and um, showing your you know your roots and your club values and, and this and that and um, yeah obviously there is a point where you do have to make some money in order to make ends meet but to Gotta say keep that the Got to keep the lights on. Yeah, yeah you got to keep the lights on. But I to say that you need so much money and grow the brand and et cetera um, is um, foolish. I think a lot of these clubs are now seeing the major backlash of the fans that they, they thought that they have had and would have followed through with. But I don't think they even care about that anymore. I think, you know, football has largely survived this um, pandemic. And I think, uh, for the most part, these these teams, the the owners of these teams won't care all that much that, um, you know, that a lot of these fans don't want to come back to the stadium because what they think is that there will be, you know, rich fans somewhere else that will come to the stadium whenever they want and fill the stadium up no matter what. So there will be no atmosphere, no um, connection or roots with the club itself and um but they'll still receive their money and there's already been a ton of money put in to get this thing started i mean jp morgan has already put a loan or put money in for about three and a half billion dollars 
as infrastructure for these clubs to start the league. So every team will be receiving about three hundred and fifty million dollars uh, to start this whole thing. Yeah. And um, I so I I guess I'm gonna add a couple things onto that, and we'll start with um. There is a lot of American ownership that is that is involved in this Super League. And it's it's a little telling because it feels a little uh a little franchisey like um like a lot of American sports are where you belong to what is essentially one company like the NFL and then you have a branch of that company in like, you know, the uh Atlanta Falcons say and it it feels very big businessy um and that only matters because let's let's talk about kind of the league system in in England so mm-hmm. from the top from the Premier League so Manchester City is number 1 mm-hmm. all the way down to I want to say a semi pro team all kind of exist in the same league right and the Premier League technically was a breakaway league. It was a league that wanted to break away from the English system, but the thing the difference is, is that the Premier League is still part of the pyramid. Yes. They wanted to find a way to make uh, it more profitable for the rest of the leagues, and in a way, it worked. Um, the, and, and in a way, it made it more global, which is like some of the things that are really great about what, what the Premier League offers. Um mm-hmm. But now I feel like if anything, it's become so homogenized and so um, it's become so uh, clean yeah. um, in a way. It's not sanitized. It's been sanitized to such a point that um, n- it doesn't really feel like um, much of anything anymore. I mean, there's a lot of passion I feel that has been lost in this game um, due to obviously there's been some good things about it, like. Um, um, safe standing, things like that. They, they've had to be eliminated in order to keep it a little bit safer. And the environments could be a really nasty back in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, and also very racist and sexist. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. like, in those senses, those things, I mean, are not gone, but they're slow. I feel like there's, like, a slow improvement they're to, being worked on. to be worked on. Yeah. Um, the other thing I've noticed, too, is that this has taken such a precedence over the other things that have happened over the last few weeks you know, so many racist incidents have happened over the last yeah. few weeks. Um, like a lot of stories about the women's game, and this is taking top billing because, um, because money, I would say, because of yeah. greed, because of the inherent greed, and because of the fact that these clubs no longer, and you know, in a way, I, there is an understanding of them not wanting to help other teams anymore, other clubs, and not yeah. helping with the grassroots. I I do understand that sense of. Like, oh, well, we create all this money for all these other clubs. We don't want to do that anymore. Okay. But without those other teams, you don't exist. You guys, right. and a lot of these other teams, you know, a lot of these big teams, like the the bigger teams, you know, some of these teams, you know, will go to Arsenal. And Manchester United was relegated in the 70s and 80s, uh, relegated in the 70s. Liverpool had struggled for a long time and then, you know, had a period of dominance and then struggled again. And uh, Manchester City was um, in even in the early two thousands a third league team. Yeah, historically, yeah. were very bad. Like, I mean, they were a good team for periods of time. You know, like they had their periods where they were, you know, won FA Cups and won league titles really, and things like that. But, really peaks and valley though. Right? Yeah, a lot of yeah. peaks and valleys. But I would even say that was a recent thing. That Manchester City wasn't a great team. And even then, you know, they got bought by like a Thai business owner before um, before they were bought by was it. Um, I think uh, the by the st- it was bought by a state, you yeah, know, st- uh, state of Qatar, I think. Yeah, something like, like that. Yeah. Um, and so, um, yeah, the like you know they were struggling, you know, yeah. before then they were like finishing ninth and tenth and eleventh, you know, and they, I mean, not that they weren't making money, but also they also didn't have the right people in place too. I think that eliminates a lot of it. Yeah. I saw a wonderful thing from the Athletic talking about Arsenal and how. Arsenal have been like uh, someone wrote a comment piece about how Arsenal are so afraid of competition at this point that they are going to this league in order to eliminate all competition whatsoever, right. which to me says a lot. You know, uh, as a club that you know I love and a club that uh, I despise right now, um, they they've had their opportunities to 
turn things around. And and, and I do see there there are moments that that's happening, but um, they this is a step in the wrong direction. And I think what I've been reading is that a lot of these clubs that have stepped away will be eliminated outright from the Europa League and the Champions League because of what they've done. So that you know what that means is that Slavia Prague, <laughs> Slavia Prague will be reinstated as a club yeah. for the semifinals of the Europa League. Who so they, they have another. Play? They'll play Villarreal, yeah. but they'll have an opportunity to win the Europa League again. And think about that, right? A club who has had some of the most despicable racist moments in the last, you know, <laughs> few years yeah. about players. And um, they're going to be back in the Europa League because yeah. Arsenal decided they wanted to say, yeah, we don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And here's the thing. Arsenal had to win three games. You think they could have waited till June 1st to do this? Or waited a little bit longer for this to happen, but I think what ended up happening is that there was some news that broke out by someone who wasn't part of the whole thing. Yeah, I think, and it then it kind of exploded from there. Yeah, and so um, I actually think they asked a club that said no, that was like, "Hey, this is going to happen." I think, and there will be more details that come out as as we go along. Um, we've seen a lot of like live, like, "Oh, hey, this is what's happening," um, kind of things, like, "Oh, this is this is going on." Uh, and not everyone has reacted to it yet. Uh, like, Jurgen Klopp has been against um, a Super League. Like, he spoke out even as recently as, like, 2019 about, like, no, I hate that. I will walk away from the club if that ever was to happen. Well, he plays tonight. He's the first game any of these clubs are going to play. Because um, he has, who, West Ham or somebody? I'm fairly certain they play tonight. But he has a moment where he... All eyes are on him. You never get another moment like this in, in your career. And he's what he does is going to be very important, I think. Um, um, I was going to say, um, so Ed Woodward, who is, he was a former J.P. Morgan executive. Yes. You know, there's connection right there about <laughs> right. the whole J.P. Morgan thing. He, um, he w made a um, statement to the players of the club um, today um, and I, what it was funny is that a lot of the players were just like, you're complete, like, right. not impressed. Like we're really disappointed by the whole thing. They're fighting for, you know, a Europa league title and finishing second in the Premier league. You know, like they're like, they're actually on an upward curve. Like Ole has kind of figured this thing out and like, they might still need a couple more purchases here and there, but they're like so close to being at the pinnacle again, you know, like, and then all of a sudden you're just going to rip all that work away and i'm assuming ole doesn't love this you know there's tuchel who just came in from chelsea he's like you know i'm only here like <laughs> right. i'm just a passenger on the bus like i'm Please wiping my hands clean right. this um <laughs> then there's um arsenal where uh mikel arteta and the players knew nothing about this right. until the news broke out this right. morning or yesterday excuse me and so they're kind of trying to deal with that he's right. like i don't know anything about this i'm trying to figure this out for myself right. Um, as soon as they have more information, that's really disappointing. Jurgen Klopp has actually stated again that he's against the Super League, and yep. he's already requested a meeting with John Henry. And, and so something tells me that that's going to explode, and Jurgen Klopp may not be a coach of Liverpool FC uh, as of like the tomorrow. End of tomorrow or the <laughs> right. end of the week, which yeah. to me... Um, I... I... I mean, hey, he's he's got that Bayern job that's probably going to be available, so he'll, he'll land on his feet. But, um... But yeah, no, it's it's I think it's going to it's going to pop off. There have been talks. FIFA has threatened that anyone who joins this Super League will not be allowed to um to play uh in FIFA competitions. So that's like the Olympics, I believe are a FIFA competition. No, no? the Olympics are a okay. FIFA competition. Uh but like the World Cup certainly is. The uh the european championship or whatever where you play for yep, your national the euros team, yep. the euros yep. uh and like you know playing in your your english league or your german league like those don't those are fifa competitions you know and like and they're not going to be let in that so if if you go and play in these other leagues if you make the super league you're not going to be able to to play anywhere else you right. only have the super league well the other thing i noticed too is um uh, there were owners uh, like 
chairmans who came out and they're like, oh yeah, we expected this to come out poorly. Right. Like, we expected this to come out poorly, we expected, but we're just going to ride the wave until it's over and then people will just accept it. Right. And I don't think that they realize that the, the, the backlash is going to, is going to, um, is going to be far worse than they realize. Also, um, the other thing about the chairman is said they said is that they don't care if the players aren't allowed to play at other leagues. Right. That was the other thing that they said too, which I thought was kind of damning and right. like the control that they feel like they can have over these players by just giving them more money. And they think that it'll be better for them and the players that they play only 25 games a season, which I just think is... <sighs> Look, I'm not. I'm for less games for some of these teams because I think they do play a little too much. But I do think there's something special about playing twice a week. You right. know, you know, sometimes not all of the time, but times it's okay to play twice a week. Yeah. You know, um, they're playing three times a week right now for most of these clubs, and I think that's a little much. Yeah. But um, you know, to go all the way down to like 18 to 25 games feels also right pointless. I, it's going to be very interesting to see what come out uh, comes out from some of the players. Like I know Bruno uh, Fernandez has already uh, spoken out. Yeah. He actually was the the first player from one of these top six clubs who came out, and he uh, he's changed it to uh, you can't buy dreams or whatever. But the original, I actually think the original is a great like rallying yeah. cry. It's uh, how did it go? It's like um, dreams can't be by i think is what it was or something like that and and you know it was him who said that you know he posted that to twitter yeah and like some social media manager cleaned it up for him later but like it's just one of those one of those things that's how he felt and i think that's like kind of a kind of a big deal um i don't know like lionel messi Barcelona is a weird case because in a lot of ways they probably will go through with this regardless because it's going to solve their debt and they have to do that. And I think, um, yeah, that was the thing that I saw like with, uh, you know, Spain has been kind of like an underlying pusher of this whole thing and Italy too. Like the thing is, is that the Champions League came about because, um, uh, AC Milan and Inter Milan wanted a league so that it could make more revenue because they felt like they weren't making enough money in Italy, which I, which is fine. You know, yeah. if that's how you feel about it, sure. But now they're also part of this as well. And there's a great um, thread, a tweet thread by someone um, that I did repost on our Twitter feed about about one of the owners, Paul Singer, and how much of a snake and a vile person that he is yeah. on a regular basis and how he will um, and that how he's he is definitely part of this whole thing and how he is like trying to find a way to you know like own as much as he possibly can like he owns like uh, there's like stories of him owning like lots of property and things in Argentina and in Peru because he you know bought loan uh, bought um loans on penny for the dollar for the countries and then demanded that they pay them back (laughs) right and so what ended up happening is is that um the countries essentially like he went to court for them in the u.s and the uk and essentially was like you have to fork something over and i think he owns a naval ship like an argentinian naval ship because of it like you know what i mean like you're sitting there you're like uh all right this this guy is very weird um to be fair like, I mean, he's probably a terrible human being, but if I was given the opportunity to get an Argentinian naval ship for, like, to pay off a debt, I'd be like, yes, I choose that, please. Like, I mean, I have I have one of the one of the largest navies in the world at that point. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but yeah. anyway. Like, yeah, 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 I mean, it's just, um, yeah, it's just fascinating. The, the, I mean, Florentino Perez, I mean, he's one of the, the biggest, you know, you know, same thing with Agnelli from Juventus. Like he, Agnelli is the, the was the president of the uh, European Club Association. Yeah, and he was like essentially lied to the face of all the people there when it regards to changing the Champions League format and this and that because you know he knew this was coming. He knew this was coming. You know, and just Ed Woodward is a horrible human being. Like goodness me, you know why he's been there now for ten years is because he's literally the he does everything that the Glazers want him to do. Yeah. Like that's that's about it. You know, the Glazers want him to figure out how to get a European Super League working. He's gonna figure that out. 
He doesn't care whether or not he has the right players in place to make the team great. Like, that's not his job. You know, like, he will buy players to, like, pretend like it's a thing. But the thing is, that's not the model. The model is to be like, oh, well, we have all these big stars here. And, you know, we're good, but, you know, could be better. And the thing is, is that um, the idea is that um, uh, deep down is what they want it to turn into is they call it the Super League for a reason. And the European Super League is out of it because... The idea is that they want teams from the Middle East and Asia and the United States to come and join in at some point in time over yeah. the future. And uh, so that they're all involved. And I just don't see that happening. I think this is going to be something where, you know, this super, super elite are going to come in. And unless a team is so makes creates so much revenue somehow, like let's say LF's AFC becomes like a big, big deal or... Um, you know, uh, New York Red Bulls or, you know, any of those teams, like someone from a big market like New York, Chicago, L.A., maybe Seattle could be something and they could fill out a stadium every week. Like Atlanta United could do that. You yeah. know, like they're kind of like that kind of like thing that they're looking for. But I mean, that would be a club that get would get ripped away from MLS. Would the United States want them to be ripped away from MLS to do that? Probably no. not. You know, and then there's this whole mess that is involved in that. And I I just don't see how any of that sort of works. Like the I do think some of the systems with behind it are broken. Like UEFA and FIFA, are like you know, like let's not paint them in a beautiful light either. <laughs> they're not the heroes here. They're not the heroes here. They're just another bad you know bad set of uh, systems that are part of a bigger problem that's happening, which is that there's too much money in football now. And yeah. I, I can't believe I'm saying that, but there's too much money in football now. I, I even think about it in the grassroots level with regards to coaching and how much money some of these coaches get for being a coach to, like, U10 and U12 players. And to me, it's abhorrent. Um, and a lot of the times all they're doing is not really teaching kids to play soccer but to babysit, yeah. you know. And that doesn't mean anything to me. You know, the game is beautiful for what it is because you're teaching values and things that you wouldn't necessarily, you wouldn't always find on a day-to-day basis. You're also giving kids an opportunity to be somewhere else that maybe they don't want to be, where they don't want to be in an, an outlet for them to, to explore things that they never explored before, like traveling and seeing new places and meeting teammates and, yeah. you know, working hard and being part of a collective. Like, all those things are really important about, you know, society and things that we do. Um one of the most important things I learned from team sports was you can play well. You can play the best you possibly can, and you can still lose, and that's okay. That's just life. Sometimes things happen. Like, um, sometimes one bad thing happens, and you can't let it ruin your entire day. Yes, losing sucks, and yes, losing has ruined my entire day before, but, like, you you got to move on at some point, you know? Like, it's you can't be that that. I mean, anyway, it's, this is anti, anti-competitive, um, and it's, I want to say, I don't, so here's, here's actually my, it's hard, so it's, it's tough to, to formulate all of my thoughts and all of the feelings that I have about this. I'm in favor of if if you want to leave, if you don't want to be involved with the rest of everyone else, that's fine. Any players that are involved, um, I hope that they that don't want to be, I hope they can leave so that they can play for their national teams. I honestly can see Messi just dipping out and going back to Argentina. Oh, like in heartbeat. Yeah, I and I can see him going and playing for uh his original Argentinian team and just like absolutely dominating the league over there and just being an Argentine god. And that's that's fine. Like I it's just it's so mind-boggling greedy. There's no other reading of this. Like it's so like I mean the numbers <sighs> <laughs> The numbers, <laughs> the numbers uh, for the European Super League are uh, like eye-watering. So if you win the European Super League, you make a half a billion dollars. That's half crazy. A billion dollars. Okay. So the 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 winner of the Champions League and the Premier League, if you were to win both, which is the highest amount you can earn, 
is uh, 200 and I think it's like 275 million uh, dollars or 275 million euros, something like that. And yeah. so there is something to be said about that. I mean, there's an extra, even even if you don't finish first, like you still get an extra 75 mil. But it, the thing is, is like, what are you doing wrong that you need that much more money to run the thing that you're doing? You know, you need I, another Neymar every year. I mean, another Neymar. You need. I mean, that's. I mean, that's like a third of Neymar. You need a third of Neymar every year. A third year. of Neymar. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, he's worth two hundred and thirty million dollars. Yeah. Well, that's what. I that's mean, what it oh, means. you yeah, mean yeah. in total? In total? total. Yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. So, but, I mean, that's just being part of the Super League, and so. Mm-hmm. When I'm my biggest concern is that is that if anything we're just teaching complacency for these big clubs like we're yeah. just not even allowing them to have to work for what they have anymore, you know. And they say, oh, we want to be part of the pyramid. We want to do this, and you're like, no, you don't. You don't want to be part of the pyramid because if you did, you would have tried to figure out this whole thing within. Um, UEFA and tried to fix fix the system instead of right. and the, and I think in a way this will be part of fixing what else is wrong and what else is going on but it's the worst way to go about it. Um, I think a lot of these clubs are thinking, oh man, I'm going to make 350 million dollars a year outright, no problem, yep. without having to do a single thing um, to change that. So like Arsenal can be tenth in the European Super League every year. Yep. Which and is get, and get three hundred fifty million dollars yep. and sign like a couple players here or there that could be kind of good and then they'll talk about oh we need to be financially stable I'm like you're you're so full of shit right this is bullshit like to say these clubs like Arsenal or Manchester United or Liverpool or Real Madrid even I mean Barcelona I know Barcelona has a huge debt right now but I mean but that's, that's because their, of their own horrible mismanagement yes and right. so now they're they're using this as a, as a way out so that they can cover up their mismanagement and it's like no like you deserve to be like that there are consequences for your actions like you right. can't just like be like oh no we're gonna go to the next thing and like oh no 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 this is oh we don't have that anymore it's like no actually no like that's why Arsenal are a tenth right now They've right. had towards the end of Arsene Wenger's time, um, and into Unaiyamu's time. There was a lot of mismanagement over the top of them, you know. And like I would say that it's it was happening well before then, you know. Like even in the early two thousand and tens, like the in the early teens, like there was a like a slow decline. And I don't know if it necessarily was Wenger's fault or or whatever. But I mean, when you're not given money to help invest in the squad to make it better consistently eventually it's going to be there's going to be a slow drain of all of the things and then in the last three or four years they got rid of all of the things that made the club what that what it was like they pulled all of their creative talent out and then all of a sudden it's like well we can't score goals i'm like yeah no wonder why you can't score goals you have no (laughs) creators anymore they're all gone you know and it's only because of a couple 18 and 19 year olds that they're actually doing it again you know, and, yeah. you know, Manchester United, when they fell down, you know, like Ed Woodward was supposed to buy these players and he bought a whole bunch of ill-fitting players. Like they went to David Moyes and it didn't give him any time to figure it out. They also didn't buy for him whatsoever. The only guy they ended up buying uh, was uh, Marilyn Fellaini for like, like at the time was a huge fee. And was he was like an effective, 25. yeah, he was like 30 million or something, 30 right. million pounds which or something like that. Which was monstrous at the time. Yeah, which was a huge deal. Like, you're just like, oh, like okay. Like, and the thing is, is that he wanted to bring other players in and never got them. And then all of a sudden, like, they don't play well for the first year. They they finish like seventh or eighth or something like that. And it's like, yeah. wait a second. The decline started with Sir Alex Ferguson beforehand. Yeah. They had no midfield for two or three years. They, they won a Premier League title on you know, smoke and mirrors one year. <laughs> on, I don't know on how Ferguson being a fantastic manager more than anything. I don't know if he it was even him though. Like I don't think he's a I don't know if he was an excellent tactician or not. Like I think he just had like he had Robin Van Ferguson he had the best year of his life. Well, one yeah. of the best years of his life. You know, he had a lot of things kind of fall in his place. They went to the Champions League got knocked out in like the round of sixteen. <laughs> you know, like they weren't right. that good. You know, I think also the time and period of when all of that was happening was kind of important as well. And then you know, like things like like Manchester City will be fully protected. You yeah. know, like Pep Guardiola doesn't like. What would Pep Guardiola want to do with a, like a Super League? Nothing. <sighs> yeah. You know, like he like what is he going to conquer from that? Nothing. I don't. I actually don't see any of these top level coaches. Um, like 
wanting to be wanting, part of it. wanting to stay. Yeah, I. Th- so it's very interesting. Um, and I'm fairly certain he was going to get sacked regardless. But uh, but near immediately after this no news broke, uh, Marino was sacked. Yes, and. Part of, I don't know if part of it, like, I heard that part of it was protest because of the Super League. Yeah. That was part of it. And then also the kids' results weren't great and stuff yeah. recently. I think he um, was going to get fired anyway and was like, I'm not doing this. This is stupid. Like, and I I feel like there, it's, you know, cart and horse, which came first kind of a deal. But it's, yeah, he, I, I think it's related. Um, And I can see a lot of guys... Like Klopp, like we said, I don't know if he's going to be, I don't know if he'll be managing Liverpool by like, you know, this time next week. Um, yeah. It's, it's going to be crazy to see how this shakes out. I think, I think FIFA and UEFA have to uh, put the hammer down, if only for their own sakes. I don't know if it's about the sanctity of the game, but I think if they're going to continue existing uh, with any real power, they're going to have to... Um, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to basically ban these these clubs from playing in uh, other competitions because otherwise, or the players, can, yeah, 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 or the players. Uh, and I'm sure that will be a legal battle. Um, mm-hmm. But so quickly, a couple minutes. Um, teams that haven't haven't uh, said yes that were asked. Uh, Paris Saint Germain, which I feel like seems like a they have time to still sign up for it they right. same thing with the german teams too like like let's not like we're, i'm not putting anything out yet like yeah. they've said no so far and you know it's great but you could see in two or three weeks from now you could see yeah. Bayern munich like oh we're gonna join the super league now yeah same thing with borussia, borussia Dortmund, even though they've like been fiercely against it yeah and like they think it's a terrible thing like the i mean the super league can be like all right we're gonna give you a little bit more money do you want to come mm-hmm. okay fine same thing with psg you know, PSG yeah. isn't like I like I don't want to get sanctimonious about these clubs, especially yeah. a club like PSG because right. they're owned, right, right, right. they're a state-owned club, and they're part of the problem and not part of the solution right now. Well, that's kind of why I was saying it was like it was surprising. Like you would have imagined they would have been right there with everybody else. But... I think this is uh th- like this is a, just a matter of time for them. This yeah. isn't like you know like one of those things. Like I think you know. If anything, that you know they're they're gonna want to be part of it sooner than later. Yeah. You know, I think right now it doesn't look good for them because here's the other thing: their biggest goal was to win the Champions League. Right, right, right. So they are in the semifinals of the Champions League and have a great chance again to actually win it, like they did last year. They, if they had won it last year, they're part of the Super League right now. They're a thirteenth team. <laughs> there is no doubt in my mind that that's that that would be the case. You know, like, let's, I'm not, like, sugarcoating us, because I think what that is is also horrible, too. Like, I think oh, state-owned yeah. clubs are, are you know, a detriment to the to, to the state of how clubs should be run on a regular basis. And it's not because of the money. It's just the fact that there's a whole other level of, you know, laundering that's happening while yeah. also running the club. You know, and I don't agree with that at all. Yeah. I think that's a terrible uh statement to make about how how it all sort of works yep. and um uh fc porto said no fc porto said no um i actually i think that uh they will probably stay out if only again because i think um the champions league i think that porto is relatively comfortable um where they are at i don't think they really run into money issues i think that they i mean they they money they i mean they they have a system in place so that yeah. they are protected from that you know yeah. they they buy players like youthful players at low prices and then sell them on to bigger clubs and then they still go to champions league every year right you know right, like they still the, compete yeah you know, like they still run their club like something that would make sense. You know, uh-huh. I'm not saying that they're all perfect. Like, you yeah. know, because Portugal, it's like them, uh, Sporting Lisbon and um, Benfica. Those are the three big ones. Yeah. And Sporting Braga is like around there sometimes. You know, they compete consistently for the Champions League and the Europa League. Yeah. You know, and then there's you know Spain, it's Barcelona, Real, uh, Atletico, and I would even put. Um, recently, as of the last five to seven years, Sevilla in the top there because they're like the fourth. I would consider them consistently being the fourth team. They've been in the Champions League a lot, the Europa League finals a lot. Mm-hmm. They've won three in the last ten years. Um, 
And then you have the Premier League, which has about six. But the thing is, is I think some of the reason why um, these owners are trying to step, pull out in the Premier League specifically is because actually the competition has become more difficult. If you, yeah, yeah, the other teams are catching up. And the problem is, is it because it's, it's not because necessarily ownership. It's because they're not investing in the right areas to make the teams yeah. better. Like, they're not investing in the right players, the right coaches, none of it. And, and the thing is, is, like, they're so terrified of going down and what yeah. that could mean to their bottom dollar that that um, that they're going to – like, they'll – that they, they're panicked about it and they're scared yeah. about it. And it's all about fear. Fear is driving this. Like, yeah. I, like I can't tell you more about, like, how, how fear is driving this breakoff because owners are afraid of losing money because mm-hmm. – God forbid they lose some money sometimes or have a failure at something at some point in time. You know, that is a bigger issue than necessarily the fact that they're breaking away. Yeah. You know, it's it it's about fear. They're terrified of losing. They're terrified of of they're terrified of actually having to compete again because yeah. they don't want to do it anymore. And even AC Milan and Inter Milan, like AC Milan, are they really a super team anymore? Like, are they no. considered a super league team anymore? I mean, they haven't even finished in the top four in almost 10 years. Yeah. I mean, they're, they've been awful until this year. This is their first year back where they've been kind of good. Inter Milan has won one title in the last 10 years. I mean, I know Juventus won the other ones. But Juventus has gotten to three Champions League finals and mm-hmm. lost every single one of them. Yeah. And they have lost kind of handily in every single one of them. You know... Tottenham is in, not Everton, which is... Tottenham Tottenham has won two titles in a hundred and something years. Yeah, they're not, they're not one of... Tottenham is not one of the top teams. I So, for people who don't know, Tottenham is, like, historically kind of that team that should be way better than it is, but they're, they never are. Um, so, like, Tottenham not making it with, like, Harry Kane is just real on brand for them like they should have won a league title at one point i know i it's tough to get to the, to the pinnacle i will say oh, that yeah you know? absolutely and, and they had but, a great coach that actually almost got them there um but to call them a super league team because of what they built a billion dollar stadium because they have a guy who can invest okay and daniel levy like what what is it that is what is it that's about them that's so special you know, I definitely would say that Everton is one of those teams that I would definitely choose over Tottenham. <laughs> right. Tottenham has, Everton's won more titles even more recently. I mean, yeah. they've won league titles in the mid 80s. Yeah. Um, you know, they've also had their ups and downs, much like Tottenham over the last yeah. like de- couple of decades. Um, I'm trying to think of like Newcastle. I mean, I know Newcastle struggles, but I mean, Newcastle has come closer to winning a league title than than Tottenham has. I mean, in my opinion, I know in the mid-90s and early 2000s, they've also yeah. been in the Champions League. They've had their times in the Champions yep. League. Leeds United is a huge club. Yep. I know that people don't want to, you know, say anything about that, but they're a huge, you know, they have a huge following in England, and they were they were league titled. They have more league titles uh, more recently than Tottenham. Tottenham, You know, like, I, to me, you know, like, people don't want to live, they, they, they don't want to live in, like, a real cycle. The right. real cycle of how this works is... Sometimes you're going to be bad. Yeah. And you, hopefully you're not bad enough that you don't go down. Right. You know, like you, like that's part of the whole earn it mentality yeah. of like the free market. That's part yeah. of like free market. Like if you're at the top, you get the best, you know, like you'll get the, you'll get the best players coming to you. You get the best coaches coming to you. But if you're not, you start to fall off that track. Much like Arsenal, I will even admit Arsenal is much on that track right now. Um then you don't get the same sort of players and you don't get the same sort of coaches or the same sort of investment anymore. All of a sudden, you don't have as much money for players anymore and you're like, wait, what's happening? Right. You know, and... And then you're on the struggle bus. And then you're on the struggle bus for a while. <laughs> and the thing is, is that you... But the thing is, is that there should always be hope because you can do it again. Right. You if know? you're one of these big clubs, if you're an Arsenal, like, you were in, like, 16th at one point, but you weren't ever really going to get relegated. It might have felt like it was possible... But you had you already had spent more money on that side than everyone around you. Eventually, the quality is going to come through, man. Well, and, and the thing, well, the thing is too, is that you don't necessarily need to spend money in order for true. your team to be great. You know, like you have to, like the the thing is, is like no one wants to put in the extra work to build every the the whole the whole of it right. to work. You know, there's no um, like work on making sure like 
youth players, like, so many youth players get just essentially disregarded after a while. Yeah. Like, there's a whole thing about that with the BBC that you guys need to find. It's on YouTube somewhere. It's, it's fantastic. You know, there's a whole thing about, um, you know, like, youth systems not working and, and the players that you do bring in, like, why are they not working? Like, right. why, are, why are you investing in players and then all of a sudden it doesn't work? It's like, I understand there's some um, um, uh, lottery sort of initiatives to it, but they're also, like, if your coaches are there and you have people in place who know how, like, analytics work and things mm -hmm. like that, the players that you buy should automatically be able to fit into what you're doing. Right, you should be getting players who already kind of understand or are going to be able to do the things you ask of them. Right. right. You, you should never be like, oh, this guy is a square peg for this round hole. No, you should already have known that. Yeah. And, and if you don't, like, if you're, and I, I like the player, if you're buying Antoine Griezmann while you already have Messi, you deserve that $200 million to look bad. Like, that, and you don't get a new league to, to fix that. Edward, Ed Woodward is another, like, guy who just would buy players just to buy them. Yeah. It was never, like, a... Name on was, the back of the jersey. It was never a thought of, like, oh, you know, not to say... Anthony Martial has been, now, recently been much better, but there was a yeah. period of time I was like, what is he, like, what is he, you know... What is he doing? And he spent a lot of money on him. And it, I think now it's started kind of panning out a little bit. But, like, I see some of the purchases I've made, and you're like, why are you – what is the point of this? What are you doing here? What is the ultimate goal of, like, what are you trying to bring together as a team? What is the direction, you know? And I can't help but think about that a lot of the times with some of these teams, like Tottenham. So mm -hmm. Tottenham brought in Jose Mourinho, right? Right. Um, why? <laughs> They had a they had a really good attacking team that was somewhat decent. Like they were they were relatively solid at the back, and they brought in the guy who's best known for parking the bus. Like and and it was never going to work. And I'm even kind of somebody who likes Marino a little bit, but like it just was never going to work for them. It's they wanted to win titles. That the, to answer your question. They wanted to win a title. And I don't think it was to win a title. You don't think so? No, I think it was to to sell the club via um, um, to sell the club via, you know, commercial assets. Like um, yeah. they had the Amazon show. Yeah. You know, like what oh, other yeah. you know, like what better person to, Cause to he's do that? So good with the camera. Yeah, he's so good on camera. Of course. Yeah. Like he's perfect for that, you know? Yeah. And the thing is, is like, what, Daniel Levy didn't see what happened to Manchester United and was like, oh, yeah, that's going to work again. <laughs> I want that. I want exactly what happened with Manchester United. They've dropped more points from a winning position this year than any other team in the Premier League. Yeah, it's crazy. Any other team in the Premier League. Yeah. It's not even been close. And uh, to me, it's uh, Jose Mourinho was something that was great 15 years ago, but yeah. his ideas never evolved with the, the times. Yeah. So, like, he had his pinnacle when he won with Inter Milan in 2010. He won the Champions League. Okay, after that, he went to Real Madrid and tried to instill those things. And he, I mean, they still played at times kind of pretty, but he also had some of the most beautifully playing players on his squad to play. Right. You know, like, he had Mesut Ozil at, like, 20 years old or 22 or something like that. You know, like, things like, you know, like, where, you know, he didn't have to have a squad where they... um he didn't need to play in a beautiful way because the players were going to do it for him. Right. You know, it's a different thing, you know. And you could see the wheels start to come off, and then he went back to Chelsea. And it was great for a year. They won the title, and then all of a sudden it all fell apart, fell apart again. Wheels fell off. Phil wheels fell off. And yeah. then you're like, oh, wait, this is a pattern. Right. He does this everywhere he goes. He gets three years, and uh, first year's great. Second year, you see some kind of decline, and then the third year, the wheels are just fully off, and he is he's sacked. Even, he's not even getting to three years anymore. No, he, he's he did getting it all in one, one year. year. <laughs> he's getting one year, and then like six months the next year. Yeah. Like he was, I think he was instilled for what, like nineteen months at Tottenham, something yeah. like that. Like, yeah, and the he's he very clearly the dressing room dressing room did not love him after a while. Like it 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 was. Which, I was going to say, let's just put it this way. The only person that actually stayed loyal to him at the end of Tottenham was Harry Kane. Yeah. Of all the players. Um, yeah. He's the only one who wished him well in his future endeavors. 
which doesn't mean a lot, but uh, I, mean, I mean, it does though. Yeah, you know, because it's a sign of the man that he is, and like how the environment that he's created in order yeah. to, you know, try to create get the best results. You know, I like those are the things that I see on a regular basis, and I go, okay, this yeah. is more. This is not about like creating the best team or investing properly or anything like that. It's literally like, how can we make this interesting? Yeah, which is fine if you want it to be about commercial revenue yeah. but it's not it's about playing the game and i think the the problem that these owners have is like the game doesn't seem interesting enough for them anymore and so what can we do to make it interesting again so they're creating what they're essentially doing now what we're talking about is like creating a cycle in order for them to be heard you know like oh we're not making enough money like okay like all right so you make a new super league go that's fine i think that's what a lot of these things are this ultimately what's going to happen is like okay go right you get nothing else you get your super league you better hope that these players want to come along board with you you better hope that it isn't a huge commercial failure well i I, whatever failure is success that's fine but just understand that there could be a huge backlash not just involved with the fans, which will not go to the stadiums anymore because of it. Yeah. You know, you're going to have that problem, so that revenue is not going to come in anymore. And I think what they're doing, a lot of it is to protect themselves from that. So they don't care if they're playing in half-empty stadiums anymore. The stadiums don't even matter anymore. You right. know, they could tear them down completely and be fine with it. Yep. You know, and the other thing about that is, too, is... Um, Yes, um, the players um, just are, are under contract. Sure, that's fine. Some of them may like walk away completely from it. You know, like they will fulfill their contract. They'll probably play in a year or two of the Super League, and then they'll walk away. So you're going to see a huge flux of players, and of course there will be some good players that go play in the Super League because you know what, they're going to pay a lot of money. They are going to pay a premium. They're going to they're going to have to pay so much more money to be part of it, and so there will be that. So you will see some good players, but they also know it, what it might turn out to be is a lot of players in their thirties realizing that I need one more final payday. They have the name at the time, so it would be someone like um, you know Lionel Messi's thirty four, thirty five. Now they have the World Cup next year. Maybe he plays in the Super League for Barcelona. Maybe he leaves and then goes back when he's 36, and he's like, all right, pay me a lot of money. I'll right. play in the Super League. Sure, no problem. Whatever. So Doesn't give his best anymore. And I think that's kind of what you are you might be looking at because I think a lot of these 18- and 19- and 20-year-old players are like, what? Right. I'm not going to play for England? I'm not right. going to play for Spain? I'm not going to play for Germany? I'm not going to play for you know whatever country that I'm, I'm, I want to play for? Like I can't do that. Have... I can't go to the World Cup. And let's also say that FIFA completely screwed this as well, you know, with the whole thing and, and right. giving, essentially, like, letting Qatar, you know, be, be paid, pay, paying them in order to yep. be, you know, having the World Cup. I think that's also a huge catastrophe. And what yeah. Qatar has done to uh, human rights and, like, <laughs> the deaths, the amount of deaths that they've had building those stadiums is an outright travesty as well. Yeah. I think... what Abhorrent. Yeah, I'm, I'm speaking in a general generality in, in the sense that... Um, a lot of this, you know, like the players aren't going to want to be involved in something where they can't compete for their country anymore. Because that is also a huge deal as well. Yeah. People don't realize that's still a really big deal to a lot of these players. Like they've been doing this all their lives. And to say that they get to wear the the badge of their country and to, to you know, play for them is a big deal to them. You know? You're one of the best of the generation of players that you played, that you played in. For the country you you identify with and you don't have to be patriotic to understand how that is an honor that you get to carry for the rest of your life right um and especially on a stage that is is honestly probably the biggest stage in all of sports the world cup i will say is probably the most important single competition in in sports it's i would say also um you know, like I'm not someone who cares about patriotism or anything like that. That's even not a little bit. Yeah, I'm not that person. Like I'm not someone waving flags or you know this or that. You know, but I do understand what it's what the idea of representing a country you live in. You know, like I think if I were to be asked to play for the United States, I would do it. 
and I would let my voice be heard in the same in the same aspect, you know, and uh, that means a lot to me, you know, and I, I think that means a lot to the players who are going to be playing, you know, like there of course there are going to be a lot of there are going to be players that are going to play in that Super League because they're going to want to get paid a ton of money. They'll never have a chance to play in for their country, but they'll want money. And that's fine. There are a lot of players who want to do that because that's part of also part of the game too. There are players who need paychecks, yeah. you know, and that's a big deal to them. But to say that you know, like a lot of these like real star players are gonna like just go like, yeah, I want to be part of the Super League. That's nah, not gonna be the case. I guarantee yeah. you, that a lot of those players are gonna be like, no, nah, we're not interested. We're gonna, we're out. You know, as soon as my contract is done, I'm going to go back to the Premier League, or I'm going to go back to La Liga, or I'm going to go back to um, Serie A, whatever, any of those any of those leagues, yeah. and play for a club that, you know, maybe they won't make as much money, but at least they'll have the ability to play in Europe for the league and for their national team when they want to. Yeah. And it'll give them a little bit more freedom. Yeah. And I think that's also a thing, too, because I think you sign a contract with an ESL team, that's your soul. Yeah, yeah. You're stuck there. You have nowhere else you can go. Yeah. And that's two two things, I think, and then we should wrap it up. One, uh, there is no reason why anyone has to sell players to the uh, to the ESL teams. Nope. Um, even if they ask you, and I believe there will be some clubs that will probably have this stance, it doesn't matter how much that they offer you for this player, you're not selling to them. And I can see that being a thing that does happen uh and then the second one is um no german clubs have said yes uh i actually don't think any are going to and we we sort of half talked about this a little bit before we we came on air here but i think the uh i think specifically germany because of how they are owned and just kind of the footballing landscape and culture there. Um, I think every team in Germany has been has been relegated, um, including Bayern. I think. I don't know. I, I I don't know the answer to that. I don't want to. I that's. I I just know that there's uh, always opportunities for anyone to go down. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, um, but I think I think that. I think that the uh, the fifty and one rule is going to come into a play for a lot of those. Um, Dortmund is going to be really interesting because they're basically a corporation, like, but they they're owned by like stockholders. So who is uh, Borussia Dortmund? Um, they're so like they're very specifically like a like a business essentially <laughs> that that is a. A football club so they, they just have a weird club structure um so if the money looks good enough they might um but again 50 and one so the fans kind of get a get a say in it and most fans are overwhelmingly against this yeah um and the only real good news i've heard coming out of this is that uh that England's actually kicking that idea around, the 50-plus-1 rule. I think that's what's going to have to happen at this point. I, I think that's the only way that's going to save um, uh, English football or like the idea of like the Premier League and the league clubs yeah. and stuff because everything else, it's clear like having full ownership of a club by a billionaire is just not going to work anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I actually think that that might happen. And... Um, and you know, I, I saw a question that was like, "Well, how can how do you make that happen?" It's like, "Well, you just sort of sign the law, and if the English like footballing association uh, approves it, then uh, you you just kind of got to follow it if you want to be in that." So, like, it's I think I think you might actually see that coming uh, within the next year or two. I think it's going to be in a lot of clubs too. I think Spain yeah. is also going to have like a thing. I know that they uh-huh. vote for people, like they vote yeah. for presidents and things like that. But I also think that there's also going to be uh, a push for that. I think the same thing in Italy. You know, I think a lot of the European um, the European structure is going to change greatly. I think it worked very, very well in Germany, and a lot of places are going to look at that and go, "This works. We should do that." Like, right. And and it will be, it'll be interesting. I actually think that the fundamental 
fundamental nature of uh, the footballing world is going to change because of this. I mean, obviously, clearly, with the Super League, if it goes through, you already have a huge change. But I think that it's going to have ripples throughout the rest of them. Uh, one final question I want to ask you, um, I want to or bring up, is that there's been talk. Um, all, I think that all the teams that are part of the Super League structure that are in Europe right now should be eliminated. That includes Arsenal, Arsenal, Manchester United. I think it's Man City, yep. Chelsea, and uh, Real Madrid. Right? Those are the five. I think there's five. Yeah, I think so. Um, they should all be eliminated from that. Now, when it comes to the local leagues, um, do the FAs go, um, the football associations go, you know what, you're eliminated from the Premier League, we're relegating you. Do you think that would be a thing as well? I actually think that everything up to what I'm going to call the uh, the death penalty is is on the table i can see a potential for if you join this super league um every record and title that your club has ever held uh is void oh it dissolves yeah just you just okay you have you have arsenal cool arsenal doesn't exist in england anymore like you can you can have this this corporation called arsenal and it operates in england and it is a football club but there is no Arsenal football club that has ever played in English football. Um, sorry to sorry to tug on your heartstrings. No, I don't care. No, no, I'm. This is not. I'm. I don't care. This is the same thing with Manchester United and Liverpool and yeah. You know, um, I Tottenham, Manchester City. Um, don't know if they would do Chelsea. that, but I do know that it will probably be considered. Um, oh yeah. Oh no, it's gonna be. Um, I. Because this is a very direct assault on on kind of the game itself um, and what the game has historically stood for. And I think that if there is going to be a stand that, um, that ever happens against this kind of greed, football might as well be where it starts. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, yeah, I just wonder about... Um... I just want to see what will happen with regards to those teams. I think um, there is going to be a heavy punishment that it will be doled out um, to a lot of these clubs uh, for stepping out. And I, there was talk that these clubs are, some of these clubs are prepared for it. I think some other ones are not. Um, yeah. And I think the, the ramifications are clear. And honestly, in a way, it might be best too because it might force some of these billionaires out of yeah. the out of the cult club structure to begin with. And some of these stay-owned clubs would be out completely. You know, there was talk like Chelsea and Manchester City felt like they were, like, being dragged into the whole situation. And I was like, stop. Uh-uh. We're not going to do this. You guys changed yeah. the game to begin with. Don't, like, yeah. start being like, oh, like, woe is me. Like, oh, well, these clubs are going to do this, so I'm not going to do that. Like, I have yeah. to do this now. It's like, no, 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 no. You guys changed the game to start. Like yeah. we're the part of the reason why we're here at this point is because you guys infle- infl- influx tons and tons of money into the market that didn't exist before. Yeah. I mean, our, that was one of the things Arsene Wenger brought in with Roman Abramovich when yeah. they he bought the club in two thousand and four. Was after they had won the Invincible title, he was like, "We can't compete with that. Right. We can't compete with that kind of money." He can buy whoever he wants. He can buy any player he wants, and he bought a new squad. Yeah. You know, like he bought a new squad. Like it was like playing FIFA. Like, yeah. pulling the players, best players from all over the world and putting yeah. it on your team. And you're like, how is that even possible? Yep. You know, they were this close to being completely bankrupt. Yeah. Like, completely dissolved. And that was it. They would have had to have started over as a club altogether. They were that close. They were, like, within a match of being completely dissolved. You know, they had to beat Liverpool for a Champions League spot. They did, fortunately did. But they were so close to being done because they had been poorly managed for a really long time. Yep. You know, and Ken Bates... You know, who is not well-liked in England. He <laughs> was a complete jerk. A complete yeah. dink about everything. You know, and um, all I know is that a lot of the things that have happened um, recently, a lot of the rules, including, this is also VAR too, because VAR is part of the problem as well, mm-hmm. is, that, is that no one is actually taking the time to um, think about whether or not it's good for for the soul of the game 
We yeah. think about like the numbers of the game far too more, far much more than um, than the actual heart and soul of the game anymore. And VAR is part of the number side and not of the soul side. I understand that there are mistakes in the game, but that is also why the game is wonderful and great. Like we would have never had Maradona's uh, hand of God, <laughs> the goal, hand of God. You know what I mean? If yep. not for you know, that's part of why the game is so wonderful and beautiful and great. You know, like, we have to live with those things. And that's part of pain. That's part of, of, of like, that's part of how we live life. Is like, that is the pain of it. And that the love is celebrating after you run past, like, ten people like Maradona did in the same game and scored a goal. Like, it wasn't like he didn't, you know, like, it wasn't like he wasn't, like, amazing in that match. He was. Like, they could England couldn't stop him in that match. And people are upset about it to this day that he he <laughs> but he still but he still BJ anyway. Yeah, but right. you know like we we're we try to control too much in our lives. We try to control every little thing that we can do in our lives when in reality all we have to do is just let it be. Right. And it will do what it does. And I think a lot of the things that soccer is doing like that's all business related. It's not um it's not actually helpful to the game at all like i said goal line technology fine i get that that's an easy thing to put in it's instant fine maybe an offside thing changing that fine but it better be instant and i'd say other than that nothing else i want nothing else calls are bad sometimes you have bad referees sometimes that's part of the goddamn game it's part of life and you're taking away that part of life you know, referees are 88 to 90% accurate all the time. What are you going to get an extra 2 or 3% out of at right. this point? You know, like, don't, like, stop. We all need to stop with all this. And the same thing with the money, too. Like, do you think play? You think fans really care about whether or not um, they spend hundreds of millions of dollars? Or if they have a club that cares about their well-being and their understanding and wanting to love the game as much as they do? I'm gonna say something to you. Yeah. And uh, and honestly, the championship was more fun. I'm like, not surprised. Yeah. It just every game was was a slog. It was it was a, it was a slugfest, and you know the the championship was just more fun, and not even because we, not even because we were the best team clearly in the league, but just like the atmosphere was better. You. All these dudes wanted to be there. Like, and... I don't know. Maybe... Maybe when they go make their their Super League and they take their money with them, maybe the local leagues are better off. Oh, I think they will be. Yeah. yeah. I think, actually, you'll see uh, something. It's uh, much... In Scotland, uh, about 11 years ago, Rangers uh, essentially dissolved because of a huge uh, money fraud scam, um, uh, and um, and they were relegated to the the very bottom of the their their league of the Scottish league. Um, and what ended up happening is that I know Celtic ended up winning most of the titles in that time, but other teams started to actually kind of grow from it and yeah. be more competitive. And um, it's not to say that there won't be teams that will take advantage of the situation in that sense, because there will be. But I think what you'll see is that you'll see a better balanced Premier League, you know, where it's not just focused on a few teams. Like, everyone is going to be involved now. And if those six teams are relegated from the Premier League, you're going to have nine teams come up from the championship. Right. <laughs> it will be it will be wild. It will be the the wildest season of Premier League football that has ever existed. Oh, well, actually, there will only be those six teams that get relegated. So only six teams will come up from the yeah. championship because those three teams that were supposed to get relegated, yeah, yeah, Sheffield they, and Elle, they'll stay yeah, up. They'll stay up. <laughs> Sheffield United, you still have a chance. That's what I'm right. saying. You're still in this, baby. There's still an opportunity for you, Sheffield United. Right. I know you say you've been relegated, but let's just like not pop the cork on that. Just right, but yet. that but that was last week. That was last week. <laughs> this week, this week, you might be reinstated back into the Premier League. Right. So high five. I, okay. Uh, I've heard that probably they'll get dropped to forty points. That might be a thing that happens. So like, all of them. Be, yeah, there'll be clear uh, relegation, but um, but I don't. None of I them will know. qualify for Europe. 
Yeah. Yeah. Unless they win the, you know, or do they qualify for Europe even if they do win the Euro? Uh, Well, if they get eliminated, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. They get high. This is the other thing too. Okay. This is this is one of the things that I was thinking about that I was was messed up, and I want to end on this because um, it also says the state of UEFA and FIFA and all of these things because Mm -hmm. I do think this is also part of the problem too. Yeah. Okay. So. You, the Super League came out last night. Mm-hmm. There was instant backlash from UEFA and FIFA. Okay? And there was um, instant, almost near instant um, reaction to the clubs that have been dropped, pulled out, um, that they decided they want to break away, and the fallout from that. And as of today, like less than 24 hours in, there's already talk of these clubs being essentially eliminated from these competitions. If they only cared that much about racism and sexism and those other things, we might actually have a game that we all love more regularly. Um, Because Slavia Prague should have been eliminated three weeks ago. Um, uh, Cadiz should have lost against Valencia three weeks ago. Um, All these things should have happened and I think we're starting to see the real dark and ugly side of the game that we don't want to see, um, which is real sad and disappointing. Um, the hope is is that um, that this will change and hopefully make the game better long term because this is the threat and the bomb that needed to drop in order for real change to happen. You know, sadly... Some things like this have to happen in order for better things to come out of it. Um, and this means, like, you know, the whole European system needs to be fixed and the way that clubs need to work need to change. All of that needs to be done. And I don't think people realize how much work that is going to be. So I think you're going to see a lot of flux in the next 15 to 20 years um, with regards to club football in Europe. Um, and... My hope is that with that, the other things will follow. And um, I really do hope at some point we treat um, humanity matters just as important as business matters Um, because the people count and the people matter and not the money. The money never matters because money can be found anywhere. People can't be found everywhere.